Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. The Patriots made five seasons worth of moves in one day. The NFL had itself a day and Locked On has you covered. Plus, will COVID change the fate of the number one team in the country? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Patriots went on a ridiculous spending spree during the first day of the tampering period. Free agency hasn't even opened, and the New England Patriots roster looks entirely different. They add receiver Kendrick Bourne, receiver Nelson Aguilar, tight end Jonu Smith, Matthew Judon, Devin Godchuk, Jalen Mills, the list seemingly endless. Joining us now to break it all down, Mike DeBate from Locked on Patriots. Mike The Patriots have been one of the more judiciously run franchises in the Bill Belichick era. We don't see them do stuff like this. Even in the years where they have made some big swings in free agency, it's one, two, three moves, not a slew of moves like this. So how surprised are you that Belichick took this war chest of assets and turned it into so many guys? It's still surprising, Peter, to be honest with you. We kept hearing out of the Patriots camp all offseason long, really from the time that the season ended, that the Patriots were going to approach 2021 from a free agent standpoint, being uncharacteristically aggressive. You take that with a grain of salt when you hear the New England Patriots say that, because uncharacteristically aggressive for Bill Belichick might be trying to avoid drafting a defensive back out of Rutgers. That's really, I think, what one of the people, that's really what people think when they look at what Bill Belichick normally does. But there's no question about it. He targeted a lot of needs on this team. Whether or not he filled them with the best players possible is still something that is going to be determined on the field. But you can definitely not fault Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots for being passive this time around. They filled a lot of holes on their roster today or I should say on Monday, and they really they went after players that I think fit very well within their system. All of this also comes with the backdrop of the Patriots bringing back Cam Newton over the weekend. And it's hard for me to look at all of these moves and bringing back Cam Newton and not feel like there is something to be extrapolated from that about how they feel about their chances to go compete right away, or at least their desire to do so. How are, how are you framing all of this in context with, with the Cam Newton signing? Well, in a lot of ways, I think the Patriots looked at their roster and realized that if they were going to try to attract the talent they attracted on Monday and still beyond into the rest of the week, they were going to need to upgrade the quarterback room from simply just Jarrett Stidham. Cam Newton does still have cachet. He still does have that name recognition, and a lot of guys like to play with him. In terms of what he's able to do on the field, there is still the question mark of him being able to make throws, step up, make throws downfield, be accurate, and be able to make the reads that he needs to make to make those throws. Ultimately, it's going to be on Cam to see if he's going to be able to do that. I'm going to keep a very sharp eye on him during training camp, OTAs, mini camp, things that he didn't have the benefit of last year. That's really going to be telltale with Cam Newton. But the moves that they made on Monday, Peter, would not surprise me if the Patriots were angling towards some other move when it comes to the quarterback position. Not necessarily at a free agent, maybe trying to move up in the draft, uh, but I don't think they're done quite yet at the quarterback position, especially because of the flexibility that Cam's deal allows them in that area. 
Want to beat me this year in March Madness? Play against all your favorite Locked On hosts by entering the ESPN.com Tournament Challenge. Search Locked On Podcast Network and join. Coming up, the NFL had a busy day, and of course, we had you covered. That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball. Baseball is going to be here before you know it. Hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. One more break to talk about our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure? Often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the counter guy orders the parts off his computer, choosing only from the brands his warehouse happens to carry. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com and shop for yourself for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, RockAuto is always the reliably low price for you and the same for a professional. Not two different prices. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Six referees were sent home from the NCAA men's basketball tournament in Indianapolis due to positive COVID-19 tests and contact tracing. Per the NCAA, one official tested positive on Monday and had interacted with five other officials, all six. Four of the refs have been replaced from a pool of reserves and two won't be replaced at all. The Clippers pulled a 180 on Monday thanks to their defense. What's going on Clippers fans? Chuck Mockler here, one half of the hosting duo. Over at Locked On Clippers, coming at you after a victorious night in Dallas. The Clippers won 109-99, held the Mavs under 100, which is fantastic. Kawhi Leonard was everywhere on the defensive end. He also put up 22 points. Most importantly, though, Clippers fans got to be psyched at the effort from the team after what happened last night. It was great to see top to bottom. Everyone was flying around. Seven Clippers scored in double digits. Zubat started. He looked great. Marcus Morris got switched out for Batum in the starting lineup. He was also big. The team got carried by a lot of role players tonight. Kawhi stepped up when he had to, and PG hit a dagger late. Feels pretty good. We play the Mavs again in two days, so let's hope for more of the same. The Knicks just can't seem to get over the hump, and Monday night against the Nets was no different. Evan Shaw of Locked On Knicks fan, a brutal 117-112 loss for the Knicks against the hated crosstown rival Brooklyn Nets. It was a game the Nets had well within their grasp for most of the night, up by 18 in the first half. Kyrie Irving, James Harden looking absolutely unstoppable. If it wasn't for five first-half threes and 17 points from Reggie Bullock, this one would have been over early throughout the second. The Nets still remained in control, but slowly but surely the Knicks 
Nets chipped away at their lead. In the end, it still seemed like the Nets were going to win, but the Knicks got themselves one final chance after an incredible defensive stand. The Knicks could not get a call. It continued in the final possession. Julius Randle seemed like he was stripped. It, it certainly looked like Kyrie Irving touched the ball. Refs didn't see it that way. Irving gets fouled. Nets win this one. A brutal loss for the Knicks, but... We learned a lot and a lot of good stuff. The Knicks showed they can hang with one of the best teams in the NBA. Anthony Ewan here recording for Locked On Lakers, immediately reacting to this uh, 128-97 drubbing of the Golden State Warriors. Highlights for this one, LeBron leads the way with 22 points, 11 assists, and 10 rebounds. And I think the funniest play of the day not just in this game, but period, was everybody watching this one knowing exactly how many rebounds that LeBron James had and needed for that triple-double. He finally grabbed that 10th board, and uh, the Lakers had an offensive possession, and LeBron James came down, fouled somebody, and sprinted off the floor, having completed the triple-double. The the Lakers bench was having a good time with it, and I'm pretty sure the Warriors bench was having a good time with it, too, because... Uh, LeBron was kind of yelling down to the other court afterward. Really funny moment or whatever. That's the kind of thing you can get when you're up by 30-ish points. Here is another story you need to know. It was the start of the legal tampering period in the NFL, and things went crazy. Locked On has all the latest moves from across the NFL. Let's kick off today's coverage with the Super Bowl champions and David Harrison from Locked On Bucks. For the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Monday was a day full of re-signings as Shaquille Barrett earlier agreed to a new four-year deal to stay in Tampa and now tight end Rob Gronkowski has also agreed to a new year new deal which will bring him back to the team for at least the 2021 season. As we've seen with some other deals the Buccaneers have struck recently, specifically with quarterback Tom Brady. There are voidable years in this contract, which shrinks Gronkowski's cap hit in 2021 to less than $5 million. Most recent estimates from Greg Allman of The Athletic say that the Buccaneers have about $3.5 million of cap space remaining on the 2021 salary cap, so we'll see what they do and how many more moves they make to bring back potentially players like Ndamukong Sue, Ryan Suckup, and even Antonio Brown. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Chris Russell here from the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Big news, late, late, late on this Monday night, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the now former Miami Dolphins quarterback, benched for Tua Tagovailoa, could have cost the Dolphins a playoff spot. He is reportedly set to join the Washington football team, his ninth team in the NFL. Fitz magic, they hope, over Fitz tragic in Washington. Said to be a one-year deal worth about $10 million base. Could be worth up to $12 million. I think it's a reasonable deal. I think it's a perfect fit. He's obviously the perfect bridge quarterback. He's been in this spot before. It doesn't necessarily preclude the Washington football team from taking a quarterback early, although I think it's less likely than it was, say, yesterday. More likely that they'll take a quarterback later in the draft as opposed to the first round. But Ryan Fitzpatrick can and probably will start week one. The cost is reasonable. The fit is perfect. I like him. He's mobile. He's still got a strong enough arm. And again, he has had no problem picking up systems wherever he goes. He went to Harvard. You can't be dumb if you went to Harvard. I think this is a great move for the Washington football team. This is David Drogamire of Locked On Chargers, and the Chargers made a couple of moves. 
The first of those moves is bringing in center Corey Lindsley on a five-year $62.5 million contract, which includes a $13 million signing bonus and $26 million over the first two years of this deal. Corey Lindsley was the number one rated center on Pro Football Focus for the 2020 season, grading out at an 86.4 overall grade, which include the fourth highest pass blocking grade and the second highest run blocking grade. So he's going to come in and make an immediate impact. The Chargers also went and re-signed Michael Davis to a three-year contract. Had to make this move after releasing cornerback Casey Hayward. The Chargers could not afford to have two of their corners leave in free agency and replace both of those positions. So they bring back Michael Davis, who has improved every single year with the Chargers. What is good, everybody? Ross Jackson here, host of the Locked on Saints podcast. A day after Drew Brees retires, Jameis Winston re-signs. Quarterback Jameis Winston and the New Orleans Saints reaching a one-year deal that's worth up to $12 million. As we expected, a short-term deal that is incentive-laden and will give the former number one overall selection the opportunity to compete with Taysom Hill to be the new starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, but also holds the door open for him to cash in on a big 2021 performance with the New Orleans Saints or otherwise. Of course, if he has that big 2021 year, the New Orleans Saints will certainly want to hold on to him as the future of the franchise, but that's going to be the big question. Is it going to be Jameis Winston? Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Or can it still be a third party unnamed at this time that maybe comes along at a later time? Tyler Rowland here, host of the Locked On Titans podcast with your Tennessee Titans breaking news. It may have taken all day, but the Titans went out with a bang on the first day of free agency, making three signings, defensive lineman Danico Autry, offensive tackle Kendall Lamb, and then the biggest signing of them all, top-tier pass rusher Bud Dupree, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Bud Dupree has been productive in his last two seasons with the Steelers with 19 and a half combined sacks. But there are some concerns from my perspective as well. Bud Dupree will be getting around $16.5 million a season from the Titans. And that is a concern when you consider that he is coming off an ACL tear in 2020 and also had some spotty years of production earlier in his career in Pittsburgh. But the Titans knew they had to make a splash in the pass rush this year. And they have clearly done that. For more on all the NFL moves, follow at Locked On NFL Pods. Coming up, could COVID change the fate of the best team in women's college basketball? Cue the day is next. Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day. The women's bracket is now also set, and already there are hiccups. Gino Ariema, the coach of the UConn Huskies and one of the most respected and most decorated coaches in women's college basketball history, tested positive for COVID-19 and is going to miss at least the first game for the Huskies. Joining me now, Erica Ayala from Locked On Women's Basketball. And Erica, I can't help but think with, with the news here, you were on the show last week. My biggest concern would be that that this is a sign that the tournament could be over before it even gets started here. Yes, Peter. Unfortunately, that very much could be the case. And Gino Oriema kind of is an example just of how, I mean, random and truly uh, viral COVID-19 is. Gino Oriema tested 
positive for COVID-19 on Sunday, March 14th. Um, He told the media earlier today that even on that Sunday, he had one positive test, one negative test. So he is out of commission. And per the guidelines in the state of Connecticut, he must be in quarantine um, for the next 14 days. And Gino is one of the people that has already gotten his first dose of uh, the the vaccine. But in this case, obviously, uh, that was not um, a helper. But you know, it's unfortunate to see we're still getting positive tests. UConn is set to travel on Tuesday, Peter. And um, that is something that I'm sure a lot of people will be keeping an eye on. How big a loss is this for UConn if if Gino can't be in the mix? Because it's not like they don't have a really talented roster. Um, you know, Gino recruits as well as anyone. And, and, and so they have a superstar player. They have a deep uh, a roster there. So how, how big a loss is this if Gino can't be on the court? On the one hand, you know, respectfully, it, it might not be that big of a loss um, from a personnel perspective. It's been well known that Chris Daly, the second in command to Gino Ariema, is just as responsible for what we know now as Yukon Huskies culture as Gino himself. They work side by side. You've got Shea also, that's a former Yukon player at um, during Gino, Gino's tenure that's now coaching. So, I mean, you know, you've got a few actually – former players coming back. So um, on the one hand, it shouldn't change much. However, I think COVID only exacerbates what would normally be the case is when you get to a, a championship, when you get to a tournament, you want everyone on the team, all staff and personnel, coaches, and of course, players to experience the ride together. And that's what Gino was talking about. He's got a pretty young team, a lot of them going through the tournament for the first time, including those who missed out on the opportunity last season. So it's really going to be a matter of having that team settle in and they'll have to do that without who is the biggest media draw for them, which is their head coach. And the reason I mentioned media draw is because that's that's the big adjustment a lot of coaches and players talk about, that the media expectations, having to create more time um, for some of the more important, uh, arguably, um, press conferences that you'll have all year, it can be a lot. And finally, as you fill out your brackets, it's important to remember some facts about the NCAA tournament. A nine-seed or lower has never played in the national championship game. However, eight seeds have played for the national title on several occasions. Villanova won the title in 1985. Kentucky was an eight-seed in the 2014 title game against the number seven-seed Connecticut. Another fact, no coach 70 or older has won a national title. Leonard Hamilton of Florida State is in his 70s, while Bob Huggins of West Virginia is 67, and Lon Kruger of Oklahoma is 68. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets, download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Wednesday, as teams gear up for the NCAA tournament, we collectively hold our breath that no positive COVID-19 tests pop up. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.